The night shift as we continue on in the Ontario Hockey League playoffs and specifically the Western Conference Finals. Cal Gamard with Jim Van Horn and Mike Stubbs. You can follow the podcast online on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can follow us on social media uh, at Stubbs980, at Cal Gamard, at Jim Van Horn, all on Twitter. And Jim does an incredible job at, at in capturing the uh, the games uh, with you know photography and, and putting those up online and Gentlemen, we got a series, 2-2 Sarnia. They serve uh, on home as well, and they keep serve with a 2-2 tie as they take back-to-back games on Tuesday and Wednesday night, setting up a game five in London on Friday night at 7 p.m. Gentlemen, you called the games on both uh, on both Tuesday and Wednesday. What was the biggest difference? And Jim, I'll start with you here. What was the biggest difference from maybe Sarnia's play from games one and two and then three and four? Yeah, just a lot more confidence moving the puck around with this veteran high-powered unit. I mean, uh, they they have been this team in the second half for the most part. When they get an offensive chance and they kind of have a couple of different looks when they get into the offensive zone, they're just so hard to defend. Um, Whether it's Voight from the left corner kind of working – uh, the power play, or it's Kairou from the uh, generating offense with a shot from the point. Um, they just are a handful. And uh, I think they got a lot more energy and comfort in their own building. And also, I think it's natural in junior hockey uh, that trying to do too much. Uh, I think the Knights got, um, you know, you you can really make a difference in the game. You know, if your position is 10 feet um, here or there, and I think the natural tendency when you're on the road, when you've got a change in goalies like we did, that you, it's not cheating, it's just trying to do too much. And you look at some of the goals and it's, oh, this guy was maybe eight, 10 feet this way. And maybe that prevented the block. Maybe the, the you know, helping out, you think you're helping out in certain ways, but you're not, you're kind of leaving. And Sarnia will find that open uh, guy. They'll keep passing the puck until they do. They got a lot more shots through. So it was, it was a combination of uh, Sarnia just returning to their uh, high octane regular season form and uh, the Knights were trying they were trying and then sometimes uh, that's hockey at this level Jim nailed it it's the trying to do too much this is so classic in junior hockey where we talk about it at world junior time when you have a player who goes off to the world juniors what do you do you look around the room and you say well that guy's not here so I guess I better do some things. And that can be a real lift. At the same time, it can also prevent or present some challenges in that when you look around the room and somebody who has been there, has been performing the best of the best at his position is not there, you think, okay, I got to do more things. I got to I gotta be more mobile on the ice. And the one thing that you learn in going from, say, the U16 and before, and then on up through junior hockey, and especially when you get to the NHL, simpler can be better and it's a really difficult transition to deal with in your mind because you want to make sure you know you're trying to help out Zach Bowen who is in his first playoff start and then his second playoff game in a really hostile atmosphere and you're trying to do everything you can to not have him face difficult shots and trying to make it easier on him and as Jim says 
then you maybe you overcorrect. Maybe you're out of position. Maybe you're you're moving too much. You're not you know as as positionally stationed as you were, and then things can be picked apart. And the Sarnia Sting haven't picked it apart, but there have been times. There was a Ty Voigt goal last night where he was able to look up, spot a guy, feed him, and boom, it's in the net. And Sarnia has that ability. So I think the deep breath that today provides that you're not going back into what has been a great atmosphere. I mean, these two buildings have been so good. The the idea that the Knights have come through series against Kitchener and now against Sarnia, where you just have this tremendous fan base. London can pack in 9,000 people, and we've seen the energy and the atmosphere there. But then you go on the road, and your opponent's fan base is doing the exact same thing. It's incredible. We came out of the pandemic and you wondered, are we ever going to see crowds come back? Not only have they come back, I've never seen crowds like this in junior hockey in the size of buildings we now have. You want to put it back to when the buildings were a little bit smaller and tighter and you had to go into Guelph when they had a tiny building or the old Sarnia arena. Yeah, you could get some crazy atmospheres. Now they're bigger and the atmospheres are bigger and louder. It's been great in that way. Oh, and it makes it so much fun too, considering, you know, where these two teams have gone before Sarnia, you know, it's brand new territory for them. And we've seen the Knights in this situation before. And like you said, you were hoping that crowds would get back to it. And the fact that they're there and then some just makes it even better. Uh, Mike Ryan Humphrey had a quote basically saying that, you know, as, as well as Sarnia has fought back and come back in that series, he said, they still got to come through London for the most part. He's saying they still hold home ice advantage. It's now a best of three and two of the three games. If it it does indeed go seven, two of them are going to be played in London. And I feel like now those crowds that home ice advantage has made more of an impact specifically in this series than maybe in the past two, just based on the opponents um, that they've played and that these two teams are so evenly matched. They are. They're very evenly matched. You don't want to give power play opportunities. So we've seen that, especially in Sarnia. You can't take those penalties. And so this is something that definitely, you know, has the Knights probably feeling a little different. In fact, it was something that Knights co-captain Sean McGurn addressed as well after the game. We're excited to go back home. I think uh, we love playing in front of our fans. They, they give us a lot of energy. So uh, we're, we're excited for Friday. Two bad starts in a row. Uh, we got to find a way to be ready and, uh, I think uh, we'll definitely talk about that tomorrow and regroup on Friday. So coming back home does mean an awful lot, and you do get your fans behind you. We're still dealing with teenagers who are, you know, in atmospheres that, that they've never seen before. I mean, we haven't had a long playoff run because of the pandemic, and so now this this is different, and, and I really believe fans have come back different, and fans have come back louder like we were talking about. And so, sure, this does help the London Knights in a big way, and now it's just about saying, okay, what what were we doing in games one and two at home when, as Jim was pointing out, it was everybody wasn't trying to, you know, overdo what their role was. And if they can get back to that, there is no problem here whatsoever. I should say, too, we should uh, give a, a shout out to Zach Bowen, who came in uh, this difficult circumstance and uh, got the greatest uh, compliment uh, post game that you can get from Dale Hutter as a coach. He's a battler. That's one thing about uh, Zach. He's been battling all year. He's played well all year for us. He's got a great record and uh, he'll keep battling. And he is battling in there. And if you're doing that, 
Dale Hunter will support you a thousand percent. That's all he wants to see. Yeah, you can debate whether or not whatever if situation was different, but it's not. This is what we got. And the Knights had good control of this game, uh, game number four at 3-2 in the second period. They're playing great. And then Sarnia turned it around off of a off of a penalty, power play goal, crowd erupts. Uh, you, you, you get something totally different, but the margins here are pretty small and the, the Knights played well enough and they were in a good position and Zach Bowen has provided them uh, with uh, enough to give them a chance to win in the third period of game number three and in the second period of game number two, they had, they had the opportunities. So he's doing his part. You know, and, and just to add on to that too, it's obviously you don't want to compare the two. Brett Brochu was having an absurd playoff in 11 games. He had a 1.48 goals against and a 0.943 save percentage with four shutouts. He was playing on a completely different level. And then halfway through a game, you make a switch to a rookie goaltender who's never played in these games before. I think in Zach Bowen is doing as admirably admirable admirably there we go a job as you could possibly imagine and in terms of the intensity too, Brett Brochu Mike you've talked about it before has this intense look where he is staring through you or Zach Bowen is a little bit more reserved he's held back he won't show emotion and that's kind of what you also want in a goaltender if you're not getting that insane intensity from a guy like Brett Brochu so even when it might not look like Zach Bowen is 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 laser focused in based on his facial reactions. Trust me, he is. He just goes about it a completely different way. Yeah, no, two different approaches. But Kyle, you know it better than anybody. If you've got goalies who are one or the other of those two styles, you tend to see big success from both of them. And people keep wondering, well, you know, when is Brett Brochu back? He's listed as day to day with a lower body injury. He'll be back as soon as he can. But that's up in the air right now. I mean, you can't have a goalie as well who's not 100% going in. Well, and that basically sets up, guys, a Friday night game with the series tied at two where, you know, the London Knights are, are going to try and continue to keep that home ice advantage and really use the, the crowd as well. One guy that I really want to point out that is having an unbelievable series so far is Ryan Winterton, one of the gentlemen that the Knights picked up from the Hamilton Bulldogs along with Ryan Humphrey. But Winterton has really uh, stepped up his play and really showed his value to this team coming into the series. Seven points so far in four games in the West Final. It didn't matter what happened in the regular season. He took a little bit to get going because, of course, he jumped into a team halfway through the year when everyone's full steam ahead and he hadn't played a game all year. But this is the time of year where guys like this, the guys that you bring into your group, this is where you want them to level their game up. And that's exactly what we're seeing from Ryan Winterton. In every zone as well. And how many, um, you know, how many guys uh, come into a new culture and just work so hard defensively? He's uh, he's going to play in the National Hockey League. He's a Seattle third round draft pick. He's got good size, good mobility and such good uh, team awareness. Um, a shift from wing to center didn't phase him. He took on the center's responsibility in the defensive zone with abandon, and he's now really hitting his stride offensively. Um, 
good worker. Uh, the uh, pros uh, are going to love him. The coaches just on on what he brings. So so true, uh, Kyle. This is and this is a difficult thing in this league to kind of shift from a championship team to a team that has aspirations of doing so and and just kind of he hasn't missed a beat and uh you can just tell he's given it all out there and i agree i think he's just been dynamic um just working hard in all three zones you couldn't have asked for any more from a from a trade deadline acquisition than what uh ryan winterton and uh and and humphrey have given the knights and Kyle, playing center in the Knights system is difficult defensively. There are a lot of responsibilities. You have to know who you are picking up because look at the movement that goes on with so many teams offensively. That you know, there's a lot of shifting that goes on and and handing off different responsibilities. And the center is really at the center of that in the Knights system. So it's not an easy position to play. You've got to have that high IQ, and he's got it off the charts. And the, yeah, the way he. He's adapted to that and then excels at the other end of the ice. We were talking so often this year after he returned about just, it was just that inch and that it just, the puck was just going an inch away from where he wanted it to. Well, now that inch has been corrected and four goals and three assists in this series alone. And he's going to be big for the Knights through game five, game six, and who knows London Sarnia game seven. We might even get one of those. We very well, uh, very well might. And we also could be seeing that from the other series in the OHL playoffs as well. The East final Peterborough North Bay tied at two games apiece right now. This was also a big heavyweight fight between two very strong defensive teams built basically from the net out with some offensive firepower as well. Are you seeing similar vibes in that series guys as maybe you're seeing in Sarnia London? Yeah, it appears uh, tight, tight, tight. And just like, uh, uh, just like you said, um, de- defense first and uh, and built from the net out and and teams uh, not, you know, being able to pull away uh, from each other. And uh, Peterborough had a bunch of uh, veterans come in and they seem to have clicked just in time, just uh, in time for the playoffs. And they're on a good run and uh, you there. <laughs> it's a battle. And uh, that that one really uh, has the look of a of a seven gamer both communities are excited kind of a fresh look uh in the eastern conference it's been a while for peterborough been a while for north bay going back and uh so it's exciting to have those communities lit up with uh, ohl hockey and each team i'm oh, sorry oh, sorry you go no no go ahead and mike as we go in and look ahead and preview game five in london what do the Knights have to do either maybe differently or keep pushing at because it's going to break through for them to retake the series lead? I think it's get back to simplifying things just a little bit, you know, feel that, all right, we've done this. We've gone through the two games in Sarnia. Now we've seen what the sting can do. Let's get back to, you know, starting on time as Sean McGurn pointed out, and then just, you know, having maybe a, a more relaxed feel, and it's hard to say because now you're down to a best of three, but a more relaxed feel where you aren't trying to, you know, take everything upon yourself, where you do what has worked so well for this team in the playoffs. You do your job, you play your role, and then everything together works like this cohesive unit. So 
getting back to that where you see the Knights exert, hey, this this is ours. We're taking this. And I think that's what we're going to see them come out with. Well, I, I think it's going to be incredibly exciting. And this series is really getting to, you know, this is what fans I feel like want as well. Obviously, you know, if you're cheering for a team, you might want them to take things and not put as much stress on you. But as a fan, can you really ask for much more than a series going tight and being decided by, you know, one or two key plays? And I feel like that's slowly what is in the making here in the Western Conference Finals between the London Knights and Sarnia Sting. This series now tied at two games apiece with game five in a London Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, Jim, any final thoughts before we end the show today? Anything else you want to add to for the Knights for, for their success or even for Sarnia's sake? Well, no, I mean, this matchup, it t- tells the story. Uh, the one thing I would add to Mike's comments is uh, I just sense this uh, OHL revival uh, around the province. The attendance really picked up. Uh, I think we're on the cusp of some big stuff. I think there's just this um, awareness uh, in the communities of of the teams. And I think uh, social media has helped. The streaming has helped. And I think, you know, when I hear comments like uh, fans and other communities being upset that the games are on at the same time, I I don't know if I've ever heard that. Uh, Usually it's kind of uh, very insulated fans of a specific team. Uh, care about that team and nothing else, but I I, I think there's an awakening, and um, I, I I am very bullish about the future of uh, of the OHL based on a lot of the interest I'm seeing, and and Le- it's now kind of everybody's interested in everybody else around the league, and I love that. I, it makes it so much fun and so entertaining. Now they've got you know you've got you build fan bases and you build rivalries and it just, it grows the game so much when, you know, the fans are this involved and create the drama and the anticipation, you know, the the teams can do as much as they want, but with that fan base energy behind it, I think it feel like Mike, it really elevates it. Absolutely. And it's something that I'm, I wasn't sure we would see because you could look around at crowds last year, certainly, Maybe, you know, the beginning of this year in some buildings and you'd see a lot of empty seats. Now you don't see that. You see communities that are saying, yeah, we, we've we got this and, and we want to be a part of it. And so, no, it, it's been tremendous. And I really hope that continues right into Kamloops, BC and the Memorial Cup. They're going to be tremendous hosts. And you want to talk about a series that's going on right now. If you have a chance check out Kamloops and Seattle because Seattle has seven world junior players on their roster. Seven, seven from this year. And Kamloops is the host team. And these two clubs are going to be playing game four of their series on Thursday night. Seattle leads it two games to one. The home team has won every game so far. And it's unfortunate that both of these teams can't necessarily be in the Memorial Cup. Now, Winnipeg is through on the other side in the West. They're a very good team, but I'm not sure that they're quite where Seattle and Kamloops are. And the only way that both of those teams, Seattle and Kamloops, would make it to the Memorial Cup is to have the Thunderbirds win the series and then Kamloops go as host if Seattle can knock off Winnipeg. So there's still a chance that both of them get to the Memorial Cup. They're both very deserving based on the seasons they've had, but what a series that is. And the Quebec Remparts are through to the President's Cup series in the QMJHL, and they will face either Halifax or Sherbrooke, and they are going head-to-head, and Sherbrooke leads that two games to one. 
a lot of familiar sounding teams getting up there and it will make an exciting and, finish for junior hockey regardless and the crowds check out the crowds in quebec city just to to further our point Seventeen thousand for patrick was ramparts in that beautiful uh, building in quebec city now it is uh it is Fun stuff. It's the best time of year for sure. Playoff hockey, OHL, conference finals matchups. Game five, London Sarnia, Budweiser Gardens, 7 p.m. These two guys will have the call of the game uh, on 980 CFPL. You can listen to previous episodes of the podcast over on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We will try and keep you as up-to-date as possible on anything going on. You can follow us on socials at Stubbs980, at Kagamard, at Jim Van Horn on socials. And Gentlemen, we will see you for game five and we will see what happens next week with this series, but it has been a blast so far. I can't wait. Best time of year.